thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. And I want you to know one of the greatest joys of my life is to get to teach this truth and this word in your home, in your end of your life. It is it is so fun. Yeah. I tell you, I yeah. wish you could be in my seat. Yeah. You, this is the fun seat. Yeah. And uh, why? Because the word makes life a joy. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If we're not living joyful, we're, we're invited to something more. Yes. That's right. Amen. That's right. Because our life is to be joyful. Amen. And the more skillful we are with the word, the greater our degree of joy we will walk in yes. every day. Yes. You know, joy is not just for when everything is going good. Amen. Joy is for every day that it, that flow of joy is on the inside of us uh, to draw on every moment of the day. And as we're skillful yes. with the word, we learn to set aside distractions, set aside reasonings and draw on the flow that's in us. Amen. Amen. So it is a joy to bring this word. In. And like I said, as we become more skillful with the word, it starts showing up in our everyday life. Um, we're going to start today ministering on a subject that is really important for the believer uh, because it's connected to the results, it's connected to our faith life, and that is the subject of boldness. And um, I'm reminded one of the things that, um, that God said to me at a time of transition in my life, when my husband unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord in October of 2013, what a transition time that was. Yes. And God, I, I remember where I was in my house and God spoke to me. And you say, how did he speak to you? Well, this particular time, it was a scripture that just came up out of my spirit and it came up with such force that I said it out loud without thinking about it. And it was a scripture found in Hebrews chapter 13. I want you to follow along with us. Hebrews 13 verses five and six, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. It reads this. It says, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I mean, yeah. you read that and you go, no problems in life, no problems in life because we have such confidence of divine help that belongs to us. But verse six, this is what I want us to see. So we take comfort 
and are encouraged and confidently, look at this, and boldly say, Mm -hmm. the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Now look at verse six. Let's look at it again. So we take comfort. Listen, comfort belongs to us in the word. Paul talks about the comfort of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Now think of that. Not just emotional comfort from out here, but comfort of the scriptures. What's that mean? That when we take hold of God and his word, what he says in his word, and we rest and rely on that, recline on that. Um, We can relax. We can take comfort. The word's working for me. I'm resting on the word. God will bring it to pass. It's not up to me to try to force and jam that word to come to pass. No, as I rest on it, believing it, he causes it to come to pass. But look at this. So we take comfort. And he's not just talking about out here, but what about the comforter of the Holy Ghost? The comforter is in us, but how does the Holy Ghost comfort us? Through the word, not through our emotions, through the word. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently look at this and boldly say, it doesn't say, it doesn't read this way that we are encouraged and confidently and say, It said boldly say. It matters how we say this. How we say it shows how we believe it. How we say it shows what we know. Amen. So this is the verse that came up out of my spirit so clearly. And like I said that day as I was standing in my home, it came up so forcefully out of my spirit that my mouth just picked it up without it just without it even running through my mind. Yeah. It just came out. And, and this is what I said. I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. Amen. I will Amen. boldly say. See, when we know he's our helper, we'll be bold to say it. That's right. Amen. That's right. How do we employ the helper? We invite his help. Amen. How do we invite? We boldly say, the Lord's helping yes. me. So I know this, no matter what you're facing today, you are authorized to draw on divine help. How do you do that? Boldly say, the Lord's helping me in that situation. Instead of saying, I don't know what to do, say something different. Say, the Lord is helping me to know what to do. Amen. He's helping me with my family. He's helping me with my marriage. He's helping me with my business. He's helping me with my mind. (laughs) Amen. And so when that came up out of my spirit, God was prescribing something for me. He was telling me what to do at this time of transition. One thing to focus on was boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'm not doing this alone. You're not facing what you're facing alone if you'll employ the helper who's on the inside of you. Listen, uh, he is our helper, but he's not just in us to hitch a ride. He is in us to bring a help and a supply, but it's our faith that opens the door for the helper to work in our behalf. So we have to say something. Notice I will boldly say that's what faith does. It talks, it speaks, it declares something. I love something that my husband used to preach on. He said, when Jesus defeated Satan and brought us into a oneness with the Father. 
Everything that God intended for us was restored to us. Everything that Adam lost or turned over to the devil, Jesus won it back. But in that, my husband would say, Jesus also got our saying back. He got us back our saying that we can say things and there's revelation in that and there's authority in that. We have the authority of the name of Jesus. So we can say the Lord is my helper. Amen. You have to understand that under the old covenant, the, the patriarchs of old, they did not have the authority of the name of Jesus. They didn't have the authority of the blood. This is the new covenant is a better covenant. And so in this better covenant, things obey us. Amen. Amen. We are to boldly say, God was letting me know at that transition time Mm -hmm. when that verse came out of my spirit, I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. He was letting me know that although you're a widow now Mm -hmm. and you um, are in a transition, you are not dismissed from saying the way you're going to employ my help is you're going to have to say, in other words, we have to realize just because we're going through a lot, we're not dismissed. We're not given a pass on being a doer of the word. And sometimes people, when they feel like there's a lot of circumstances against them that they, if I could say this, that they think God will give them a pass. Uh, God has given us his word because he doesn't want anything that he's authored for us to pass us by. Amen. So he was telling me in that time of transition, you're going to have to boldly say some things to enable me to be the help I want to be. Amen. So it does matter how we say something. Parents of children know this. The way you give a direction or an instruction, not just the word you say, but how you say it is going to determine the results you get. You know, if you say, uh, honey, I need you to go clean your room. You tell your little six-year-old, I need you to go clean your room. And they just kind of sit there and you say, honey, I need you to go clean your room. Now you're giving them a direction, but how you're saying it Uh is going to tell them how long they have before they need to obey. But if you say, I said, and there's a little bit of grit in that there's a little bit of firmness in that how you said it they know oh she means business right it's the same thing with the devil you can say the right words but there's no boldness behind it there's no revelation behind it there's no uh, there's no spirit of faith behind it there's no tone of authority in it and uh, the devil will treat you just like a child that doesn't listen to you treats you. If you just say it casually and half-hearted, but if you say it from a place of, I know this authority belongs to me and there's, there's that spirit of faith in it. With the spirit of faith, there's the sound of boldness. Boldness does not always mean volume. Amen. It means firmness how you hold to the, that word firmly, how you enforce your victory firmly. Why is it the anointing meets boldness? You need to know that. You say, well, I thought the anointing meets faith. Faith is bold. And if we're not being bold, we're not standing in faith the way we ought. We might have a loose hand of faith on something, but we need a firm hand of faith on something. And there will be a boldness, a certainty, an unmovableness 
Is that a word? Unmovableness. You know what I mean by that. You're not, uh, it's not up for debate. When I talk about boldness, I am not talking about a personality characteristic. That has nothing to do with um, Bible boldness or the boldness of faith, the boldness of the word. Because there are some people who just their personalities, they're a bold personality. You know, when they walk into the room, the room fills up with their personality. That's perfectly fine, but that's not, don't confuse it with this. Boldness, boldness of the, of your heart, boldness of your spirit comes from what you know about what God said. When you know something, when you have revelation, brother, you approach something a lot different than when you're unsure about what God said. So boldness is a flow of someone who knows the word, but not only this, they know the God who spoke the word. So boldness is not a personality flow. It is a flow of the force of faith, the spirit of faith that's on the inside of you. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 12, Paul said, in, in essence, he, he, he made this statement. He says, I know in whom I have believed. Mm-hmm. Notice he didn't say, he didn't say, I know what I believe. Mm-hmm. In the faith, he was, he was referring to a face in being in the face of opposition, circumstances. Mm-hmm. He said, I know in whom I have believed. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to know what words you believe, but it's another thing to know the person who spoke those words. When you know God and you know he's going to, he backs up and he makes good his word. um, This is what Paul was saying. I know in whom I have believed. Now we know this, Paul knew what to believe about God. He gave us revelation in his writings of what to believe, but you can know words, but not know the one who spoke the words. So to be bold, it's knowing what the word says, but it's also knowing the one who spoke those words and knowing his character that he'll back up what he says. Amen. Amen. So this is what we're referring to when we talk about boldness. It's not a personality trait. It's, it's a flow that comes from revelation in your spirit on the inside of you. You have an understanding and an immovability toward what you're, that word you're standing on. Amen. Amen. And you're bold about it. As I said, it's not always about volume. You know, there are people who are in their home, they're very loud in their home. But sometimes they're being loud because they're not walking in their authority. Let me, let me explain that to you. My mother in our home, there were four kids. My mother was not someone who yelled at the children. She didn't yell. Because she knew she was the boss. She said, I don't have to yell at you all the time. I know I'm the boss and I know you're going to do what I say. And she'd say it just that way. And brother, you believed her. She backed it up. (laughs) She backed it up. And so when somebody is constantly having to yell in their home to try to get a result, they need to settle down on the authority that's theirs. And then follow through on that. And that was what my mother did. She was a bold mother. She was bold in her authority as a parent. Why? Because she knew she was in charge. She, we, she wasn't trying to convince herself by being loud. 
that she was in charge. Amen. She wasn't trying to convince us through volume. Mm -hmm. Now, don't misunderstand me. I mean, sometimes when you pray and there comes a holy boldness on the inside of you, there may be volume, but you will, it's coming from a place or a flow of that boldness. It's not coming from a place of trying to convince yourself that the word works. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about boldness, we have to remember this. It comes from what we know, but it also comes from who we know. And this is what Paul was saying. I know in whom I have believed. And that makes all the difference. Amen. Um, I want us to go into, let's look at Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one in verse seven. Now, Joshua chapter one tells us about Joshua coming into the forefront of leading God's people. Moses had been their pastor. He had been the leader of this congregation, but now Moses has left the earth and Joshua is now, God has moved Joshua into this place. And uh, so this is what chapter one is talking about. And in this transition time for Joshua, that he was serving the man, but now he's leading the, he's leading the congregation. He's not anymore serving someone. He's the one in the lead position. And he had to transition from serving Moses as faithfully yes. as he did yes. to step into leadership. Right. Yes. And let me tell you who leads best, someone who has served. That's, yes. That's true. That's true. When God, when God is looking for someone to promote for a job, he goes to see who serves best. Yes. That's where he's going to find his leaders. You don't learn leading through leading. You learn leading through serving. As you serve someone who's in the lead, that's when you best learn that leadership. But Joshua here is transitioning from being a servant to the leader to being in that leadership position. And in verse seven, God is speaking to him and he says, only be thou strong and very courageous. One, trans, one definition of courage is bold. Yes. So we could read it this way, only be thou strong and be bold. Because there are all, in all of our lives, there are transition seasons that we come into greater responsibility. You know, when we were single, then we met someone, we got married. That that came with that position of there's greater joy in that, but there's also greater responsibility. As a wife or as a husband, now you're transitioning into greater responsibility. Then you become a parent. That's another level of responsibility. Maybe you go and you work for another man. That's a responsibility. Or you come into your own, you become a business owner. That's another responsibility. So there's all these transition seasons in life. This is what Joshua is facing. And God says to transition properly, you're going to have to have courage or boldness coming into that position. You don't lead by dominating. Boldness is not a domination of people. Amen. Amen. It is a certainty of the authority that is yours and how you can use that authority to bless people, to elevate things, to make that things better. Amen. Not to just get your way. 
because that's not leadership. Leadership is not getting your way. In fact, to lead well, you have to put down your own way to do what's best for everyone you're leading. So God was saying to Joshua how to succeed at this time of transition. Only be thou strong and very courageous or be bold that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. What's that mean? Stay on course. Stay on course. That thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, I want you to see something here. He said, turn not from the right, to the right or to the left. It takes boldness to not be pulled off course when people are speaking into your ear. Because the enemy, when, you're, when, you're, when you have some kind of leadership position, whether that is a, as a parent, as an employee, as an employer, as someone serving in your local church, as a five-fold minister, there's different levels of leadership in that. To be a good leader, you don't follow just what people say into your ear. You have to get it from the inside of certainty, following, first of all, what those over you have instructed you, but also following how the Spirit of God is telling you to be that help to somebody. And you can always hear somebody trying to say, well, I think we ought to do this. I think we ought to do that. You're going to have to have courage to stand up and say, you know what? I'm staying with what's in my spirit. And that's one of the first things when it transitioned from my husband no longer being here to me being in leadership over this ministry. Uh, Even well-meaning people, well-meaning input, (laughs) coming your way, and but it's against what you have in your spirit. It takes boldness to say, you know what, what you say makes sense, but it's not what I have in my heart. And that's to keep you on course. If you're, if you're not bold to deal with things that try to distract you, you can easily get pulled off course. So boldness comes into play in many things. Amen. Uh, Verse nine. Verse 9, God is speaking there in Joshua 1, verse 9. God said, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So notice this, boldness and courage doesn't flow from our ourselves. It flows from who's with us, who's in us. Amen. Our courage comes from Him. It's not us relying on our, on our own ability to succeed. Because if we're going to start measuring our ability to succeed in life, let's just all kind of stop. Let's just save ourselves the difficulty. But we're not succeeding based on, we don't just have our own natural ability to draw on. It's divine ability. Amen. So he said, be strong and courageous. So our strength comes from knowing God is in us and God is with us to put us over. Amen. Amen. In other words, he's saying this. It takes boldness, Joshua, to obey my plan. That's what he's saying. It takes boldness to obey my plan. Many times in the lives of most Christians, because I pastored for 25 years, um, and I've seen it many times in the lives of others, but I've seen it personally. When a loved one is wanting you to do something, but God's dealing with you about doing something else. What are you going to do that time? What are you going to do at that moment? Are you just going to 
go the direction of the one who means well and loves you, but they didn't hear what you heard from God? Or are you going you gonna to stand up and say, I'm going to follow what's in my heart? Yes. That doesn't mean I love you less. It means I trust him more. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. And sometimes people will take it personally because we don't go the direction they're wanting us to go. It takes boldness to obey the plan of God. Now, we can boldly obey in a loving manner. We don't have to be offensive (laughs) as we let people know, I can't go that direction. I know you're wanting me to go that direction, but that's not what I have in my heart. I've got to obey God. It takes boldness to follow the plan of God, and it takes boldness to stay with the plan of God and not veer off course. This is what God was telling Joshua. God was telling me this also when my husband went home to be with the Lord, when that verse in Hebrews came up, I will boldly say of the Lord, he is my helper. He's my helper to help fulfill the plan. Because sometimes others will give you input. They're trying to help you fulfill the plan. Sometimes, most of the time, but, but I'm just saying this, it takes boldness. And God was saying, you're authorized to follow what I tell you to do without fear of somebody's going to be upset with me. Um, just know this, when you obey God, that's how you're the biggest blessing to anybody. You're not the greatest blessing by caving in and laying down what God has already told you to do to go the direction of what somebody else wants you to do. The way to be the biggest blessing is obey God. They might not recognize that, but if you'll obey God somewhere along the path, you'll be able to help them in a greater way than if you had disobeyed God. It takes boldness to move forward in the plan of God. Not only will people not always understand what you've heard God say, but the devil's going to oppose you in the plan of God. And it takes boldness. It takes boldness to step over opposition, to step over challenges. When you said yes to God, you said yes to challenges. And it takes boldness to get past those challenges. Um, But we're authorized to walk out the plan of God for our life. And um, as I said, that boldness flows from who's in us. So we're just, we're just starting. We're, we're going to, we're touching into different, into different aspects of what the word says about boldness, but, um, it'll be something that will, if I, and as I said, the anointing of God meets boldness, the bolder we are, the bolder we will be to move in that anointing that is our help. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. And remember this until next time, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, She teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. We cannot live the life God authored for us without His power. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us in Murrieta, California at World Harvest Church for our annual Holy Ghost meetings. The dates are January the 5th, 
through the 10th. We're inviting everyone to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and register. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. Jesus called healing the children's bread. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.